IBEC, the voice of Irish business. The single market has provided Irish businesses with access to a market of over 500 million consumers, allowing them to expand their customer base and increase revenue. For this episode of IBEC Responds, join Pat Ivory from IBEC's EU and International Affairs team and Deirdre Clune, member of the European Parliament, for an overview of this powerful economic force and learn what the next 30 years of the EU single market will look like. Today we're going to talk about the 30th anniversary of the single market, uh, which provides an opportunity to reflect on the past successes of the single market. And some of those have been particularly evident in Ireland uh, with the single market. I think you would agree helping to transform the economy over the last 30 years. But the anniversary also offers an opportunity for us to look ahead and set um, the narrative for the single market of the future. Now, this year in 2023, we've uh, seen communications from both the European uh, Parliament and the Commission marking the 30th anniversary. Uh, What are the key recommendations from these EU communications, particularly the European Parliament resolution led by the Internal Market and Consumer Protection Committee, of which you are a member, Mm -hmm. Deirdre? Hi, Pat. Good to chat with you. Thank you. And um, yeah, 30 years this year for the single market and actually coincides with the views that Ireland is 50 years members of the European Union or the European Economic Community. So um, two significant milestones. Single market has been very good for Ireland. I think um, we see that as we've benefited enormously from it. So many opportunities. But you're right, there are recommendations to us how we go forward. There's lots of frustrations with it. And we did have a resolution in our in the parliament. There's nothing new in what I think in what we proposed or what we want to see, but we definitely need a renewed commitment and uh, political will from the member states and Europe. I think that that was that's important. Let's let's get this right. But you know we need to do more, and we need certainly a commitment to um, strengthen and the, the market in the areas like services, as I said, and energy telecommunications and and the digital single market as well. That's really important. The tools such as the single market emergency instrument, which we saw during COVID, there were borders put up which shouldn't have been there, supply chains, issues, shortages, uh, to keep it running smoothly in terms of crisis. We've learned one of the lessons from COVID. So that emergency um, instrument should ensure that the single market, that doesn't happen again, we don't see blockages. And so that breaks it, the pandemic and the war in Russia as well have seen an impact on the resilience and the unity between member states. And that need, that's essential if this market has to work as a single entity. It, you have to have the confidence and cooperation between member states. The integration of the single market has stagnated for uh, recent years. And as a member of the European Parliament Internal Market Committee, what do you see as the main challenges facing the single market today? And how can they, those challenges be addressed to reinforce the single market as a driver of EU competitiveness? Well, the, the challenge it would be to try and um, we will have dive divergent regulations, you know, administrative burdens, uh, inconsistent enforcement. They're probably, the, as I say, the day-to-day reality for those who are trying to operate in the single market. Uh, they, they do create barriers to trade and uh, they can, you know, they can hinder competitiveness. And uh, so we need harmonization of regulations across the member states. That's that's really important. And I think we hear it so often when we're talking about the single market, 
But it is important that if you want to operate as a business, sell your services or provide your services or sell your products, you need to have the single market operating smoothly. And that means you don't have divergent regulations, you don't have barriers, aligning standards and simplifying procedures are all really, really important to ensuring, you know, the smooth operation, as I say. SMEs in particular, even though they're like they're 90% over 90% of businesses, yet only 3% of SMEs we know operate cross-border in the EU. So that in itself tells you uh, that there, there are barriers, whether they're supposed to be or not in terms of regulation, but there are, there are barriers there. And uh, things like the single market access point will be important to, you know, to, to, to make sure that that's operating. And then and this is where the commission can come in really. And we've said this in our resolution, you know, enforce it, make sure that it's available in every member state that if, if you're operating under the ages of the single market, you can go and you can see um, in, in any country, you know, what, what's required here and you, you don't have to, you're not stumbling around and, you know, as, as we are too often know, uh, access to information, it's, it's there somewhere buried in the bowels, but it's not easily available. So that, I think that's um, really what we, what we should be doing right now is strengthening the market in that way. We don't need any more. We do, well, we will have regulations in different areas, particularly in the digital area. But we definitely need to um, work in legal barriers, you know, and administrative barriers. Are, are they, what we're hearing time and time again from, from organizations such as, such as IBEC or Business Europe as well, and those representing SMEs. Yeah, I think that, that uh, reducing the regulatory burden is incredibly important and something that we need, continually need to keep an eye on. In May of last year, IBEC launched its uh, Stronger Europe, Stronger Ireland campaign. And um, the potential of the single market is the title of that particular campaign document. What we did there was we set out the Irish business priorities for goods, services, capital and labour as we reflected on, on the 30th year anniversary and we might go through each of these areas just briefly the single market for goods i mean that's well developed to unlock further potential what does the need to do to focus on removing those remaining barriers which which touched on there and enforcing existing rules and creating that regulatory environment that drives innovation i mean how can the eu strengthen the single market governance to ensure harmonization and effective implementation of single market rules in your view Deirdre? Again, I think it goes down to just uh, monitoring, having a correct monitoring in place, the reporting mechanisms, identifying the barriers, and uh, making sure that there aren't that, that those, those barriers are, are removed. Working with member states, and you have to engage all the stakeholders in this. I mean, consultations, impact assessments, particularly with those who are trying to operate or to do business in the single market, is, has been seen is really important. What we don't want, and we have, is regulatory um, fragmentations. Constantly, we come up. We know we want a sim- uh, same approach throughout Europe, and it is difficult. It's a when you look at the but the market that we have, four hundred fifty million consumers in the European Union and the US, three twenty is probably three fifty at this stage. But like, they have one system, broadly speaking. Uh, we don't. We have. We're trying as hard as we can, but we still get. We do get fragmentation. We do get individual countries coming up with their own. Um, interpretation of what should be an, an EU regulation. So we have to keep keep at it and keep um, keep pushing for, you know, for in, in areas now, as I say, that the challenges will be in the electricity market, uh, telecommunications. Even in, I made an issue the other day about waste management and how do you, you know, trying to have a single market for, for waste management, effective cross-border to make sure that there are not barriers. So that's really what we, we need. I think there's the European Union can play a strong, the Commission particularly, a strong role there. And digitally, as the digital economy is growing, 
we're putting in place things like the digital single market. Yeah, I think that that's brought us into, I mean, you've segued nicely there, uh, Deirdre, into where the greatest potential of the single market really lies, and that's in the services area, in particular, important opportunities in, in digital. I mean, the EU has made significant moves uh, in the last year, maybe 18 months, to regulate new and emerging uh, digital technologies and innovation. I mean, this is a hugely important issue for Ireland. And when we've met you to discuss these topics in Cork and, and in Brussels, I mean, it's a big, big area of emphasis for the Irish economy. You're closely involved in the ongoing negotiations, for example, on the new EU AI Act as a shadow rapporteur in the Parliament. I mean, in your view, how can policymakers strike the right balance to ensure that legislation like the AI Act introduces appropriate requirements while also supporting innovation? That that's always that is the challenge uh, to regulate and not to not to overregulate, but to allow to create the right environment whereby innovation can thrive. And that's with the Digital Markets Act, Digital Single Digital Services Act, and now the Artificial Intelligence Act. So what you want to do is regulate, particularly with artificial intelligence, we seem to put some sort of structures in place to give confidence to the public that they they can use it and 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 to overcome. That um, what we hear if you think kind of see at the moment a lack of trust maybe or a fear of artificial intelligence that is going to take over the world. It's not if you have a adequate human oversight and regulatory oversight, um, then we can allow it to thrive. And that's that's the idea again. Single market for artificial intelligence. If you're a de- developer, a deployer, you will know these are the this is what's required of me. If I'm operating, if I'm providing the service or if I'm developing the service in the in the European Union, this is what's required of me. I identify what is a risk based approach. So if you're low risk or medium risk, if you're somebody like if you're buying a, I don't know, buying a holiday in, in Cork or want to do that and you're being prompted, that's AI. That's not harmful. That's your decision. You know, it's, it's, it shouldn't be regulated, really. But something like in, in the area of financial services and making decisions about your credit worthiness or med- in the medical area. They're all high risk and they need a certain level of oversight. Again, so, you know, to have regulators in place that you can register what you're, you're developing, register the data with which it was developed, because as we all know, it's, da- it's the data is the key here and that that is trustworthy data. It's free from, as best we can, from, from error, from bias, if we can, uh, if we can, as best we can. I don't think you can ever eliminate bias, but I do believe that if we put a, a lot of supervision into the data that's used, then you can, can go a long way, probably more so than humans themselves. So if you have that confidence, if the public has the confidence, and if you can give clarity and uh, certainty to developers, um, then I think we can we can provide the right, correct environment to encourage that innovation and to, to allow it to develop. Similarly, with the Digital Services Act, which will actually come into force in August of this year, that they as well said, this is what we want if you're operating, if you're providing your services in the European Union, this is what's required of you. And again, I say we can't just do it on our own in Europe. There needs to be international standards as well. And we're moving with the Trade Technology Council there. Uh, European Union is moving to develop standards with the G7 as well. Yeah, that work between the EU and the US on the trade and technology side is very important. That, I mean, again, that brings us into the competition area because we're collaborating, but also competing uh, with those outside of the of the European Union, I mean the the European Union supports companies and economies as they strive to compete, innovate, and prosper. And to succeed, you know, businesses 
they require not less but more competition within the single market and internationally and, and strengthening our competitiveness should be a priority at all times, not just in times of crisis. The Commission recently published its competition policy annual report for 2022 on how can competition policy help us meet our green deal goals and strengthen the resilience of the EU single market? And for example, you mentioned the importance of SMEs earlier on Deirdre in the single market and completing the capital markets union could lead to greater access to business finance for SMEs in Ireland. Could you maybe comment on that? Yeah, it is. I mean, to complete the capital markets union is so is important, and it, can, it will absolutely help uh, towards greater access to for business and finance, and including absolutely SMEs. And a well functioning capital markets union will provide alternative funding sources such as venture capital or private placements, sustainable finance, uh, and that reducing the SMEs' reliance on the traditional bank lending. So. The seeing then that this will actually enable SMEs uh, and particularly those focusing on green initiatives to access funding uh, for growth and for innovation. And, and you're right, competition law enforcement will absolutely uh, contribute to the Green Deal by keeping markets efficient, uh, fair and innovative. And that's the, what it is. Competition absolutely develops that. And it can, competition will facilitate, again, market entry, promote competition in the green sectors, renewable energy, looking at that electric mobility, energy efficiency, so they remove barriers to entry, ensure fair market conditions, and um, the idea is to combat anti-competitive behaviour. So that's the groundwork in preparing preparing for, for, um, for SMEs, access to finance, and indeed uh, facilitating the de- delivery of the Green Deal. Yeah, thanks very much, Deirdre. I mean, all of the things we've talked about today in, in goods, in, in services, uh, and in the capital uh, and competitionary. I mean, none of those things can be achieved without um, the proper uh, skills. Uh, and, and I mean, the EU, its member states and business, I think, need to work together to tackle the skills gaps and shortages in the single market for labour. In a recent uh, IBEC CEO survey, skills shortages were identified as a leading issue for, for businesses with 2023 designated as the European year of skills now is the time to set the narrative for the future i think in terms of work and society what does this mean in practice what in your view how can the eu support member states to address skills and labor gaps okay yeah we pass like skills continues to be a challenge and i know we hear it a lot from industry and all the businesses you're involved in as well at the moment, we're in a very difficult situation, but we will continue as society becomes more digitalized, as the workplace becomes more digitalized, um, skills are going to be an issue. And this year, as you say, 2023 is designated European Year of Skills. And the idea is really is to serve as a platform, raise awareness, foster dialogue, promote actions to enhance skills development and addressing labor challenges. So from an EU point of view, we can support member states tackling the gap by promoting skills development initiatives. I mean, there's funding on the European European Social Fund to support policy, to support developing new skills, but also upskilling some of the existing workforce. I mean, there's two prongs, if you like, to this upskilling and, and reskilling. So um, it's developing skills, promoting digital literacy. They're seen as, as really important and promoting labour market mobility, which that will mean recognizing qualifications and skills across member states 
actually the, the commission has started this digital society index looking at how different societies are are developed in the whole digital area and Ireland does quite well in terms of the level of basic skills and the level of uh, ICT graduates um so we're up we're in the top 5 but we need to do better and we need to we need to do more to um, develop those skills for, for the future for, for today and for the future particularly in the whole digital area which are going to be so important Thanks very much, Deirdre. We look forward to working with you and collaborating with you and your colleagues in the European Parliament and and continuing to push forward the development and the potential of the single market for Irish and European business. So thanks a million. Thank you, Pat. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of IBEC Responds. To explore our full podcast offering, visit ibec.ie slash podcasts And make sure to follow IBEC Podcasts to stay up to date with new episodes. IBEC, the voice of Irish business.